We have been keeping on in Exodus. Listen today for the reading in Exodus 32. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us who shall go before us. As for this Moses, this man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it in a mold, and cast an image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, go down at once. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why? Should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And in Psalm 106, verses 1 to 6 and 19 to 23, we get the recap. 
Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord or declare all his praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have committed iniquity, have done wickedly. They made a calf at Horeb and worshipped a cast image. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now here's the word from Philippians 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing these things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Of the many doctrines in the church, two have been argued to a fairly great extent. The doctrine of the suffering of God, does God suffer? Dr. Moltmann worked hard on that doctrine. I commend him to you. And the doctrine about does God change? Does God change God's mind? Today in Exodus, we have major proof of the latter doctrine. 
We'll wait for it. Last week, we considered the Israelites' journey across the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And we are ebbing on the end of Exodus, where we then get into the next leader, Joshua. Now, the Israelites had been given the Ten Words or the Ten Commandments by Moses through God. And we're learning the seriousness of Yahweh's covenant. Today we pick up the men and women and children on the journey. While Moses is still on the mountaintop. And the people, guess what? They're complaining again. They miss their leader. And as often happens, they have mistaken their leader for God. This can happen in church. People begin to think that the church is the pastor and the pastor is the church or the choir is the church or even Dr. Brad is the church. They begin to think that the church is the building. We faced that earlier this year, didn't we? When we were stuck at home and couldn't safely worship in person, not until the COVID-19 numbers came down. It was rather ground-shaking, wasn't it? I can... Speak for myself. What do you mean? We can't go to church. Now what are we going to do? Who are we without our historical beautiful building with that gorgeous stained glass? Will the church go silent without a building for part of this year? And will I as a pastor be without work? We had often bragged that the church is not a building. But did we mean it? When rubber hit road, did we mean it? Could we function as church without going to the building? Would we keep our faith, our hope, and our love afloat with God's help? The Israelites are waiting for Moses to return, but they're growing impatient, sort of like the year 2020. I picture them at the foot of Mount Horeb grumbling And walking around, plotting a plan. What do we do now? I don't know. What do we do now? I don't know. Where's Moses? He's not coming back, I guess. Unfortunately, with Aaron's help, their plan is to build a golden calf. One interesting part of the story that I had forgotten was that Aaron himself himself collects the gold from the people themselves. I guess maybe I thought the gold just appeared or maybe it was dug out of a rock. No, the gold comes from the people. He passes the basket. The people put in their earrings and their necklaces. They put in their keychains and their belt buckles and their rings. They erect a stand-in calf with their own possessions. Their leader, Aaron, was an encourager. You've put your gold in the bucket. Moses is taking too long to come back from the mountaintop. Time's a-wasted. We've got acres of wilderness to cross, promised land to get to. Come, hasten on, let's build a golden calf in order to give homage to the gods we can trust. Come. And the people do. 
They are pretty good followers at the base of that mountain. The truth is they cannot tolerate the risk of faith that sometimes requires waiting. This reminds me of Jesus asking the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, Will you not wait one hour while I pray? Instead, the Israelites erect a golden calf. They trade in the true God for a statue to a false God. They choose the material over the omniscient, holy God. They domesticate God to their own level. In fact, we might add they attempt to plasticate God. And does that make God mad? Yes. The God of the ancestors, the God of Eve and Adam, Sarah, Abraham, Rachel, Jacob, Isaac, me and you. God is enraged. After all I've done for them, I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I fed them with manna by day and quail by night. I gave them water from the rock. I kept them safe and ready for the next hurdle. We crossed rivers together. We fought battles together. I am their God and they are my people, I thought. Then God said to Moses, I've seen these people and they are stiff-necked. In other words, they are inflexible, impatient. And I'm tired of it. Moses jumps in there to defend the people. But not before God says, Now leave me alone, or as some translations render, let me alone, so that my anger may burn and I may destroy them. God is capable of such anger. And then there's that awkward period of waiting. Dun, 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 dun. What will God decide? This is when Moses asks for God's ear. Moses gives God three big reasons why it's not a good idea to destroy the people. Number one, you've brought them this far. Why would you bring them this far through all this and destroy them when they go astray? I might have added, God, really, aren't you used to it by now? Number two, what kind of message does destroying your people send to the Egyptians? Everybody's watching. Is that really good for your one God reputation to turn on your flock? Now, really, God, think about it. And reason number three, not to destroy the people. God, don't forget the covenant you made with Abraham. You told Abraham your descendants will outnumber the stars. You need these people to go forth and multiply. Not a good idea to destroy them now. So God deliberates. 
And in one of the most important lines in scripture, we are told, and the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he had planned to bring on his people. Do what? God changed God's mind? Yes. Moses has stood in the breach, as the psalmist writes, and asked God to rethink the decision to destroy the people, and God does it. God listens to Moses. This is big. The God of Israel is revealed as one who is open to change. Professor at Luther Seminary, retired, Terence Fretheim shares, and I love this, it is this openness to change that reveals what it is about God that is unchangeable. God's steadfastness has to do with God's love. God's faithfulness has to do with God's promises. God's will is for the salvation of all. God will always act, even make changes, in order to be true to these unchangeable ways and to accomplish these unchangeable goals. God is not going to give up on the people forever. God changes God's own mind. And his servant Moses stands in the breach, stands in the gap. Can't we imagine that Moses probably stood with fear and trepidation, but finally speaks out on behalf of the people, let my people go. This isn't the last time God hears understands and changes his mind because of a leader. Remember when God was tempted to destroy the people and was talked out of it by David? David stood in the gap many times for the faithful. And we too, my friends, are invited to stand in the gap for others. Advocate on one another's behalf. That word advocate means to call upon, to seek help, to call out for another person, to advocate. Practice intercessory prayer. We do that, don't we? We pray for one another. To stand in the gap means to Meet someone more than halfway. To intervene for someone whose voice has been silenced. And there are too many whose voice has been silenced. Do the right thing. We've had a chance to practice standing in the gap this very year, haven't we? During COVID, we practice safety not only for ourselves, but for others. Like Moses, we step up and we stand in the gap for one another. Today's story of Moses and the calf and the people and God has a familiar dramatic pattern. Sin, punishment, 
intercession, and forgiveness. We see it throughout the biblical narrative, and we see it in our own lives. It is a call to humble ourselves, and when we have sinned, to seek forgiveness. It is a drama that invites us, rather commands us, to seek intercession and to seek God's amazing grace. It is a call by God to be humble, lest we think we can circumvent God or surpass, surpass God in power, in prestige, and even in production. It is a reminder that we belong to God in body and in mind and spirit and in emotion. We depend on God wholeheartedly. And Jesus said, I've come to bring you life and life abundant. That means in every area, mental health, spiritual health, health of body and emotion. And gratitude is the attitude that God desires. For all of this that God does every minute of every day for us, we are to respond with humility and thanksgiving, praise, gratitude. Oh God, we're so thankful. And here in Paul's beautiful words again, Philippians 4, 1 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made to, known to God. And the peace which passes all understanding will be yours. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise that you can possibly think of, okay, those are my words. Think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Please stand as you are able and let us affirm what we believe using a portion of the Barman Declaration. And this was written following World War I. Christ Jesus, whom God has made our wisdom, our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. As Jesus Christ is God's assurance of the forgiveness of all our sins, so in the same way and with the same seriousness, he is also God's mighty claim upon our whole life. 
Through him befalls us a joyful deliverance from the godless fetters of this world for a free, grateful service to his creatures. We reject the false doctrine as though there were areas of our life in which we would not belong to Jesus Christ, but to other lords, areas in which we would not need justification and sanctification through him. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and knit together. Amen.